Go to the book of John, chapter number 20. Good to see you all here today. Hopefully it's been already a good time to be in God's house. We want you to go away with a nugget of truth from God's Word that will be a blessing and a benefit to you, um, perhaps all of your life, but kind of way I look at it, at least hopefully through this week. Uh, my wife, she's got dishes that she makes that are pretty good, but uh, I couldn't tell you what I ate two weeks ago, but I know at the time it was really good, and it got me through that day. And uh, I think that's kind of how God's Word is. If you can grab a hold of something that will help you, will benefit you, uh, you do that. Uh, John chapter 20, starting with verse 24, and I will read through the end of that chapter. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, which was not with them when Jesus came to the disciples. The other disciples therefore said unto him, Unto Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see the hand of the prince of the nails, and I put my finger into the prince of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them this time. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, And he stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach your finger and behold my hands. Reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. On record, Thomas is the first of all the disciples to refer to Jesus as God. And he does it right here. My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet have believed. That's you and me. That's you and me. And Jesus said, we're blessed because we have not seen and yet we still believe. And God will be more than willing to bless us doubly for that. And I think the same could be said for those that millions of people have believed upon Jesus. And once they get to heaven, God's blessing will be upon them in a, in a magnanimous way because they did not have to see, but they believed according to the word of God. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. And John goes on to say that if everything that Jesus ever done was written, the library at Centralia couldn't hold it. The library in Mount Vernon couldn't hold it. Do we have a library at Wayne City? Yeah. 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 The library at Wayne City couldn't hold it. The library of the Library of Congress couldn't hold it. Everything that Jesus ever did, all the libraries of the world could not contain all the wonderful things that he has done. But these are written 
that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Lord, I'm praying, God, that you're going to take these few words that we're going to speak here this morning, and they're going to be life and light to people here this day. In Jesus' name, amen. It's probably been a month ago now. We had an appreciation meal for the Seeds of Faith and all the Seeds of Faith workers. And during that night, um, I usually you see me on Sunday morning, this is how I'm dressed. I'm dressed up today because I don't have my Levi's on. Next week I'll be dressed down and I have my Levi's on. But it's either khaki pants or Levi's and that's about, you know, with the jacket. And that night... Uh, I had a short sleeve shirt on, and I was showing different people my scar. And I've got a scar that runs 12 or 14 inches right here on the bottom side of my right arm. Um, they call that your humorous bone. What happened to me, I didn't feel was too humorous. <laughs> but uh, that doctor, he fixed me up. He put uh, bone cement, took out that cancer, took bone cement. Uh, reform that bone, and then put some type of a plate uh, on top of that. But I've got a pretty nice scar. And I was going around showing people the scar. And in the procedure of that, of me showing different people that scar, um, Jennifer McLean said, Jennifer McLean's one of the people, one of the smart aleck people that attend the Centralia branch. <laughs> And she said, uh, what are you doing, preacher, showing off your scar? And anybody that knows it knows exactly how she said that to me. <laughs> you didn't have to be there. You just know how she is. Jeff's going to receive a wonderful reward in heaven. <laughs> That's what I feel about that. What are you doing, preacher, showing off your scar? And Michelle Mears, she happened to walk up about then, and she says, well, Jennifer, that's what boys do. <laughs> and Jennifer McLean, that smart aleck person that attends over at the Centralia branch, she said, yeah, little boys, that's what little boys do. <clears throat> this week, I heard something that I had, and I'd read this before, and I'd forgotten it, but I'd forgot the man's name anyway. Uh, years ago, I preached a series of sermons on leprosy and what leprosy represented, the grief that leprosy brought people in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament. And Paul Brand, a medical doctor, said this, and he'd worked most of his life, 30 years of his medical profession, was working with people that had leprosy. And here's what Paul Brand wrote, if I could do away with pain, I would not do it. And he said that after all of those years working with people with leprosy. Because he's seen how leprosy would do away. It would just basically, you have no, if you had leprosy, let's say in your arm. You could back yourself up to a fire to warm your, to warm your body. And if you did, other than smelling it, your arm could be burning and you're not even knowing it because there's no longer any pain there. Because the leprosy had just wiped out the pain that a person would feel. And he said, if I could do away with pain, I would not. 
because it helps the rest of the body. In Genesis chapter 3, ladies, in verse 16, the Bible says, In sorrow you shall bring forth children. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Cursed is the ground for your sake. Talking about Adam and Eve. Pain is going to be part of the human experience. And I know a lot of young people, you've never really experienced that, unless you've got a mom or a dad that, uh, that uh, really knows how to inflict some pain in you sometimes. But pain will be part of the human experience. Jesus said to Thomas, don't be faithless, but believe. And many people have to see the scars to believe. Thomas was blessed. We, as 21st century Christians today, are doubly blessed because we believe and yet we have not seen. I have been preaching about a man for over 25 years who I have never seen with my physical eyes, but I have met him. I don't know how tall he is. I don't know how much he weighs. I don't know the color of his eyes, but I have preached about him, honored him, adored him, worshiped him all of these years. And one of the things that he lets us know that, and I know this is not popular, but Pain is going to be in our life. And that's not a happy, clappy type thing. Christy McKinney had a decision of a lifetime. She worked with a man there at Airtex whose daughter was needing a kidney. And the daughter and the mom lived in Texas. And Christy McKinney, after wondering about this and weighing this over, perhaps I could be the one that could give this little girl my kidney. And she was struggling with this and didn't really know what to do. And one night, on a Wednesday night, as her and Brian was here at church, that night I was teaching on the different people groups down through the years and where they felt the seat of emotions we're at within a person's psyche or within a person's uh, uh, soul. And I said that the Greeks, they felt that a person's body or the person's uh, soul and all of that was wrapped up in the liver. And I said, how weird would that have been on Valentine's Day? And the only thing I could come up with would be a Valentine card that read something like this. I don't love you a sliver, but babe, I love you with all my liver. <laughs> and here in America, of course, it's the heart is what we deal with thinking that, you know, that's where the seat of emotions are at. The Romans felt that it was the kidneys. And that night I said... Again, with the theme of the, of the uh, Valentine's card, I said, Sydney, I love you with all my kidney. That's all I could come up with. Well, the next week, Christy told me, Mark, Wednesday night was my answer. 
I'm going to give that little girl my kidney. And I said, well, what made you, you know, assured about that? And she said, well, what you said Wednesday night when you talked about the kidney. I said, the little girl's name is Sydney. Since I have had this right kidney extracted, and the day after that were those nurses forcing me up out of that bed, and whoever invented the gown needs to be shot. (laughs) But I had a gown and jogging pants on. And with much pain, with me trying to get out of that bed, and they said, you got to walk. And I walked probably 20 feet with every... Dave Orr calls it the surgery shuffle. And that's... (laughs) And that's how it was. 20 feet one way, 20 feet the other way. And here was the overarching thought that I had every day that I was in the hospital. Christy McKinney went through this for a little girl she didn't even really know. And I could not help but think about the love of God. The love of God that God would send his son into a world to save a world. And Christy, I salute you, sister, with the pain. With the pain that's involved and the self-sacrifice that you've done for that little girl and to allow that little girl to live, but it was because of one person here in Southern Illinois who felt like this was God's call into her life and to be so willing to give that kidney. Because I just felt like, I don't know why I felt this way, but I've always felt like that, you know, I've got kind of an S on my chest because my name is Shell anyway, and you know, I can just do whatever I, you know, was big enough to do. And, and uh, then I had this thing with the arm and how that kind of stopped me for a while. And then this thing with the kidney. And I don't know, I just kind of, somebody said, oh, kidney, it's just snip, snip, and you're on your way. That person lied to me. <laughs> it wasn't snip, snip. It was four snips, and then I still, I wasn't on my way. But that's what Jesus did for each and every one of us, the love and, this, and, the, and the sacrifice, and being willing to sacrifice and lay down his own life for all of us. Thank God. The love of God that drew salvation's plan, the love of God that brought it down to man. Thank God for that. Not a one of us has to go to hell, but we can all enjoy the bliss and wonderment of heaven for eternity because of the love of God through his son, Jesus. Now, 
My question today is this. What is a scar? A scar is a hurt that's been healed. Jesus basically told Thomas, it's a hurt that's been healed. And scars are not a sign of weakness, no. Scars are a sign of survival. I'm surviving. 12-year-old boy in, in Florida a few years back told his mom he was going to, it was a hot day and he was going to go swim in the lake and she watched through the kitchen window as her little son uh, bounded toward that lake and as he was getting closer and closer, he was shedding more and more clothes as he finally got there to the lake and he jumped in and to her horror, the further he swam, an alligator was swimming directly toward him and she bolted out that door and ran as hard as she could, screaming at her son and flailing her arms. And finally, he sees her, and, and, and somehow he knows that she wants him to turn around. And, and, and he turns around and starts swimming back toward the shore, and she's out in the water. And by the time that she reaches out and grabs her boy by the arms, that alligator clumps right onto that boy's legs. And it is a fight. It is a fight for survival as that mom is with everything in her screaming and hollering and kicking and flailing and trying to get her son and that alligator is just clumped on, just chomped onto that boy's legs and a farmer that was driving past, seeing what was going on, he had a rifle, he got out, he run to the site and he shot and killed the alligator. Thank God. And then, two weeks later, while the boy was in the hospital recuperating, a reporter came in to visit him and said, young man, we're doing this story about what happened to you. Can you show me the scars on your legs? And he said, I sure can. And he lifted up that, the, through the, opened the, 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 the gown and showed him the scars on his legs. And then he said, mister, there's something else I can show you. I've got scars on my arms, too. So what do you mean? He said, my mom wouldn't let go. That's what I mean. There's scars on my arm. And he showed him, that reporter, his arms. And up and down his arms was just clawed marks to where his mom would not let go. There are people here in this sanctuary. You've got scars on your life right now and in, even in your body. And it is living proof that God won't let you go. Amen. You're still here. You're alive. You're kicking. It may be tough even for some of you to even get here on Sunday morning, but I applaud you for making the effort, and God bless you doubly so for doing that. Scars are a sign of survival. Scars are a sign that we can heal. Most surgeries would put a person in the grave if it wasn't for the healing portion that God has within each and every person's body. Because things would go adverse and you would never heal and you just go downhill. But immediately, I mean, it's amazing from them operating on this arm to them having them, them, them steel staples in there. And then I had the, the dreaded thought of, oh my gosh, they're going to take these staples out of my arm. How's that going to feel like? Rick Stratton came and visited me at the house, and he goes, oh, don't worry about that. I got a pair of needle nose out in the truck that I can just <laughs> take them right out of there. 
And he began taking him out and, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but then it was sore after they took those out. And, and, but now it, it, it's a hurt that's been healed. It's a hurt that's been healed. Think of your scars and then think what God has got you through. Scars are a sign that God won't let go of me. Scars are a sign that God won't let go of you. You're here for the long haul. Amen. And again, every day I was in the hospital, this, this thought was just in my mind. It just is in the forefront of my mind. God got Christy McKinney through this. God can get me through this. Because it will make me look like a weakling if he gets her through it and doesn't get me through it. Second Corinthians, and I have used this scripture to people for 25 years. Second Corinthians, and if you haven't got this wrote underscored in your Bible, you need to do that now. Second Corinthians chapter one. Wonderful, wonderful verse. Verse number four, the Lord God comforts us in all of our troubles so that, there's a so that, there's a reason why God gets us through our troubles, so that we can comfort others with the same comfort God gave us, so that. Scars are a sign of survival. Scars are a sign that we can heal. Scars are a sign that God won't let go of us. And scars are a sign of a witness. There are people today just like Thomas. They need to see something. And when God, when God gets you through something, the Thomases of this world can look at that and say, hmm, God got them through that. When the teeth of sin can clamp on to somebody's life and it's like it's pulling them under and the Lord Jesus can grab a hold of your arms and drag you through to where you're finally at safety and there may be some scars involved with that, but you're still here. You're still here. God hung on to me and to you so tight that there are scars. And let me give you trivia for the day. There's only one man-made thing in all of heaven. What is it? The scars in Jesus' hands and his feet and his pierced side. The only man-made thing in heaven and its scars. Hurt that's been healed. Let me give you three verses to a song I've been writing. Here it is. Here's verse number one. Don't doubt in the dark, but you believed in the light. Here's verse number two and how it goes. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Thank God. And here's number three. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. 
Any struggle that I have, I have seen. It's always been at nighttime. And the enemy tries to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And more times at night, more times than not, it'll be at nighttime when that happens. But joy comes in the morning. Thank God. Thank God. There's a Bible verse in the Old Testament that says, Who passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a well, and then it fills with water. The valley of Baca was the valley of weeping. And God's saying, dig a well, and it'll be filled with water. And the next person that comes along will be able to draw from that well. Just like Christy McKinney, when she went through that valley, she dug a well, and it was filled with good things that I needed to know that God can get her through, God can get me through. George Bass told me today, he said, Mark, since my cancer seven years ago, he said, it's been the best seven years of my life from that time until right now. He said, it'll be the best years of your life that's coming forward. And I'm hanging on to that. I'm hanging on to that. And they passed through this valley and they've dug a well to help the next person that's coming along. Again, scars is not a sign of weakness. Scars is a sign of survival. That God can get you through. That God can get me through. Thank God for his amazing grace. Thank God for his wonderful love. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. Bow your heads please. Heavenly Father, I want the young people of this congregation of Orchardville Church to know that there is amazing assurance in your love and in your grace. God, they need to be equipped with that. They need to be equipped with that knowledge because there's strength that comes with that. There may be people here this morning that you do not have, you've never experienced the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Those scars that he will bear, he will have them forever. And they're there for you ever much as they're there for me. They're there for me ever much as they are there for Billy Graham. They are there for me ever bit as much as they are there for the great Apostle Paul. For God said, whosoever will shall call upon my name.
Thank God. Thank God. And to be one day to know we can look upon his face and when he reaches his hand out, we'll see those scars and know that he did that for me. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. That's the hearts of every person here this morning. I'm believing, Lord, that those that are unsure, those that are unsafe today, that today there's going to be their day. Lord, they're not going to put it off for another time. They're going to say, this is real. I need this in my life.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.